This is it. This is the real world. A real world. How arrogant are you that you think yours is the only one? Welcome to Storybroke! Miserably Ever After! I am Mads, a sentient clump of hair. And I'm Elaine, and I dry shampooed my bangs for nothing today. And we'd like to welcome our special guest. I'm longtime listener, first time caller, Corey. Hey! <laughs> first time guest this is our very first ever guest, so thank you for being our first guest on this show. Thank you for having me. Before we even started the podcast, we were just talking about it. Corey was like, when you get to this episode, can I please be on it? We were like, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think Corey helped submit that this was going to be the show we picked to review because it was like I was talking about like, OK, what what do I have that I have friends who would actually listen to? Buffy. Well, there- <laughs> but there there's so many, so buffy, many buffy shows so many buffy podcasts and also this was it was an easy pick too because it was the thing mads could get me riled up about on twitter i want elaine to rant today elaine let's talk about once upon a time let me tell you about once upon a time <laughs> also like i know we genuinely we rag on this show a lot but i really really deeply yeah. do love this show yeah. it's just a mess it's a mess i know i have such a complicated relationship with this show it's given me so much fanfic material, but like when I actually try to talk to people about the actual show, it's like you gotta like hang on and get through some garbage. Um, yes. So I I'm gonna you have ask. To sift. You have to sift with this show. We talked about this when we first started, but it's been a while. So who is your your OTP for this show? Because mine, I am forever, even though I think she's a bad person, I am forever Swan Queen. Um, that's an interesting question for me because um, the fan fiction that I've written, it contains a character that is not on the show. Um, and that is 30-year-old Jim Hawkins from Treasure Island uh, with... Jefferson, the Mad Hatter, who we're talking about today. Hey, that's a good pair. That's a good pair. Now, I I have a follow-up question. Uh, Will he actually be uh, a 30-year-old character, or will, like everyone else on the show, will he be someone in their 30s playing someone in their 20s? No, he's roughly in his 30s. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, let's, should we get into the basic plot so we can start talking about this one? All right, here's the basic plot. Once upon a time, Jefferson, a poor mushroom peddler, was visited and manipulated by Queen Regina, who wanted him to pick up his old profession once more so she could visit Wonderland to reclaim an item stolen from her by the Queen of Hearts. Desperate to give his young daughter Grace more than he could afford on the wages provided by the sale of mushrooms, the former haberdasher sent her to stay with the neighbors so he could take his old magical hat for one last spin under the employment of the Queen. The rules of the magical hat were simple. The same number of people must enter and exit. No more, no less. Unfortunately for poor Jefferson, Queen Regina's stolen item was her father, Henry. She trapped him in Neverland, casting scorn on him for carelessly abandoning his daughter as a parting blow. He was quickly seized by the Queen of Hearts, who had his head removed from his body for being impertinent, then reattached so he could be given a task. The only way he could go home to his daughter would be to recreate the magic hat. The poor man set to work making thousands of beautiful but non-magical hats, 
which drove him quite mad. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Emma has to find and return the escaped Mary Margaret to jail before 8 a.m. the next morning, or she'll miss her arraignment date. While searching the streets in her little yellow bug, she injures a pedestrian named Jefferson and drives him home. The pedestrian, Jefferson, thanks her with a cup of tea. Emma discovers too late that the tea is roofied and regains consciousness, but is all tied up. Thankfully, Emma is resourceful and is able to free herself. As she tries to sneak past her abductor, who is sharpening a pair of scissors, she discovers Mary Margaret, who's also tied up in another random room of the house. The two are discovered by Jefferson and Emma is forced, at gunpoint, to try to create a magical hat. Because Jefferson has been stalking her and knows she's special, having caused the clock tower to return to life with her arrival. He knows she has powers. He remembers his past in the other world and desperately wants his daughter Grace, called Paige in our world, to be returned to him so they can go home, which can only be done with a magic hat. Emma assumes that not only is he mad, but that he's lost in the delusions contained in the fairy tales from Henry's book. Jefferson reminds her that all stories come from somewhere, and belief in just one world is arrogant, just before Emma starts a brawl. In the ensuing scuffle, Mary Margaret gets the better of Jefferson with a croquet mallet and kicks him out of a window, to the surprise of everyone, including herself. When they check on him, Jefferson is no longer there. They find Emma's car, and Emma gives Mary Margaret the choice— Go on the run and live a lonely life, or go back to jail and face this murder charge together with your chosen family. Mary Margaret chooses to trust in Emma. Emma successfully gets Mary Margaret back to jail in time for her arraignment, much to Regina's annoyance, as she'd made a deal with Mr. Gold, Mary Margaret's own lawyer, to get the key into her cell in the first place. Emma visits Henry at school and asks to borrow his book of stories. Thanks to her encounter with Jefferson, her staunch disbelief in fairy tales has finally been shaken, and she requires further research into Operation Cobra. All right. That's, this episode is a lot. This is a lot of stuff that happened in the present in, in our world, and I, I always love those. Yes. It's also kind of a genre shift for a little bit. Like It turns into like a serial killer story for like... I don't know about half of it. Yes. 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 I I do. I do have um, one quick note that's not plot based, Mm -hmm. but I want to commend the um, the hairdressing team for the most realistic hair to weather reaction in the whole show so far. Yes. Her hair was curly when she got into into the jail and noticed that Mary Margaret was missing. And as soon as she went out, it was gross outside. It was foggy. It was damp. Her hair was, you could tell it had been curled, but it did that thing where it's straight and like gnarly. And I was like, that is the most realistic hair representation we have had this whole show. Well, we know that um, uh, Emma's superpower is, uh, as the chosen one, she frequently wakes up with perfect hair. Um, I f***ing hate her. That only happens to me occasionally. So I guess we are starting with, uh, that we usually start with the past. And since it is a shorter story, let's start with our our once upon a time thing. Because I have a lot to say about the present. Look, I'm so excited that Bucky is here. I know, right? (laughs) I know, yeah. (laughs) Just so everybody Um, knows that the reason I'm here is... Well, number one, I love Alice in Wonderland, but number two, my thirst for Sebastian Stan cannot be contained. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's going to be a lot of that right? this episode. <laughs> uh, I'm looking like, okay, so before we started recording, here's a peek behind the candelabra for all of you. Um, Elaine was like congratulating me on like, oh, you have good notes. And I'm like scanning through them right now. And every other note is about 
uh, Sebastian Stan's ass. Leather pants, or, though. And the costumes. So they're great notes. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is better than mine, because this is the first time I have not taken notes for a show. Whew. I'm gonna blame um, I'm gonna blame Marshmallow for that. Okay, so uh, we open on Bucky with the good hair running with his. I love this this orange coat. Oh my god, the mm-hmm. way that coat flows when he runs! It's so good. It's so good against this like green forest background. Like yes. this is why I watch the show. And she, and and his his daughter sort of matches him. Like they're in the same color scheme, and I love that because it's you know so he he uses the fabric that he has. Oh yeah, yeah I um. I made a note that I'm pretty sure the daughter's like little cloak is made of upholstery fabric. Oh God. Yeah. It has to be. Warm. <laughs> it's like, like I, I'm pretty sure it was made of upholstery fabric. It looks great, but yeah. It's like, why is he a mushroom farmer? He should be like a haberdasher or something. Well, he was, he's no longer a haberdasher, I... but it is a weird transition. Like I don't think, okay. I don't want to, when are we getting into like spoilers? <laughs> oh no, we're we're done. We did the basic plot. You can okay. spoil all you oh, want. Oh, spoilers for like later in the series? Or I, I or, get well, I don't think this is a spoiler for later in the series, like, really. If you're spoiling this, if it is, episode, I will, I will, I will edit it out if it's bad. Okay. Like no worries. It's like I don't think using a magic portal hat to go into other worlds and steal stuff <laughs> counts as haberdashery. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like, yeah, what was his old job? Because they allude to, like, well, what he used to do, but they don't really explicitly say what he did. But he does, he, he obviously does do crafting he because he makes, he made this whole rabbit, uh, you know, he wants, she wants a, the rabbit from the toy cart, but it's too expensive. And he makes this really good rabbit replica uh, just from cloth he has hanging around the house. It's beautiful. So he obviously has a past in this craft. And when we see his hats later, they're also beautiful. So he's obviously a... Ta- I put that he was a haberdasher previously. But um, he it may have started because he was apprenticed to someone else who had the magic hat. Yeah, why not have him be a tailor? I mean, it's not like right? mushrooms are that hard to come by when everyone lives in an enchanted forest. Does that mean he made those pants? Oh, then he knows what's up. <laughs> he knows how to dress for his body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you need to have a good looking ass when you uh, are foraging for mushrooms. <laughs> it's true. Well, foraging for mushrooms is a lot of squatting, so yeah. that helps. Mm-hmm. He does exactly 3,000 squats a day, and it shows, and I'm happy for it. This is going to be, uh, I think, our our, uh, our thirstiest episode of this show since uh, we had Graham on. <laughs> Graham! <laughs> but yeah, so essentially, um, Bucky with the good hair and his daughter see, you know, a caravan outside of his home, and his daughter's like, what is this? And it's like, oh, snap, the queen's here. Do you know her? Oh, yeah, he definitely knows her. They go in, they're on a first name basis. She's like, I need you to do something for me. And I made this like note that I can tell in a scene when Regina like wants something from a man because the girls are out and <laughs> Yeah, I, I really appreciated the fact that the director realized who they had as their, um, their guest star for this episode. And so they just had him getting all up in every woman's personal space 
in this in this one like they're the the moment whenever he's like telling regina he won't do it it looks like they're about to kiss and I, part of me was like just going for it you know i'm making yeah. the little i'm making the little now kiss motion with my hands it's also worth mentioning that he and Jennifer Morrison were dating at one point during all of this. So oh. uh, the sexual tension in the hat making scene, uh, oh, man. I believe is it's, real. It's so good. It's like, I was really about to bring good. that up. Like he gets super intimate with, with this woman that he has kidnapped later in the yeah. present. And I remember feeling uncomfortable for her, but at the same time, jealous Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of notes about that when we get to the, the present side, but I, I was wondering if, you know, it's a, if it's a directoral choice or if it's just how Sebastian Stan is, because he is like on everyone he's in a scene with. As an audience member inserting myself into the drama of the story, I was uncomfortable. As an actress who has been in scenes like this, I was a little jealous about the closeness and the intimacy these characters were able to have. I, I, I mean, I had a, I, I have an onstage spouse that we have very good chemistry, even though they've moved since then. But I get like, that's such a rare thing to have with a person and it not just feel icky and not just look icky. This looked both icky and awesome. I was like, he could murder me. <laughs> <laughs> murder uh, me, Bucky. Off of my head. Same. I need to stop calling him Bucky with the good hair, but I really do think that this is probably the only good short hair wig we've had on this show. Was that a wig? His hair is much shorter in his other scenes, so my assumption was that it oh, was a oh, wig. Oh, that w- oh, you're talking about his long hair, short hair. Yes. Okay. Um, especially with how crispy it is on the edges sometimes in some scenes. It's not the mm-hmm. best wig, but it's a pretty good wig. I want to give a shout out to the, um, the green screen crew who tried something different with the lighting for this one, they backlit the actors in the outdoor scene so that they didn't have the green edges so much. Unfortunately, they had a little Mm -hmm. green on the front, but it wasn't so like dim and dark because when they were outside, the sun was setting. And so they had all the actors backlit and they looked fresh and and brightened. And so I, I thought that the green screen was better in this episode. And there was a lot of it. Yeah, like just in general, I feel like, We'll get to it in just a second. I, I feel the like technically CGI. It, the questionable yes. CGI. Oh, oh, but I feel like no, that technically was speaking, how it was filmed, this episode was well done and actually really unique in a lot of ways because we don't have a lot of two-person close-ups in this season. Um, even between, you know, the romantic uh, pair of like Snow and Prince Charming, we don't get these close shots of their faces. But we had Sebastian Stan, Stan, so we did this episode. But we got Sebastian Stan in everybody's we're like, face. Like, oh, we're getting, we're getting up close. He's gonna. I called him the personal space invader. <laughs> but yeah, um, we let's just cut ahead. I mean, we could talk about Regina's great dress she, she wears in the scene. The feathers, I live. The evil cleavage. Jefferson, Regina, best dress. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. I think we're going to have some some chat chatting to do about that. <laughs> but um, we cut to him turning Regina down. She does her thing where she's got great eye makeup. And we get a close-up of her being like, family's the most important thing of all. <sighs> Which is some foreshadowing for later in the episode, but also... And um, also later in her storyline. And an implicit threat against his child. Yes. But it's also, it was one of those things where I, 
it took me it took me a little while to remember that this was supposed to take place before the earlier episodes of the curse yes well we Um, don't know that until later in yeah yeah well i mean but all of these flashbacks we have to assume happen before she enacts the curse because nothing what happens after the curse storybrook right right (laughs) it slipped my brain for a little bit but I mean, this is like way before the so curse. She, she foreshadows a lot of stuff against other people and herself. Yeah. So cut to, he goes to the market. Uh, he goes to the market. There's an old lady uh, drag character. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> she's got those, she's got those like fake Halloween teeth in. Yeah. Like the, the most standard Halloween, the, the bad teeth that you just throw in. She's got those in. How much of that look was CGI and how much of it was just like really terrible old lady makeup? It looked like practical (laughs) makeup. Yeah, I think it was all practical. Which Um, is why she couldn't speak very well. She couldn't speak very well and her face did not move. And And I know this is that era where we're transitioning from standard definition to HD. Oh God. So maybe, maybe on a CRT screen in 480p, this looked good. I had a flat screen at this time. I had a computer monitor. I was like, and I, and I got a flat screen late. So <laughs> I'm not giving them that benefit of the doubt. So Corey, were you watching this while it aired or did you watch it after the fact? Um, I think I watched it. Um, I watched, I think season one while it was airing. And then I quit watching it in college. And then I was in my dorm and the like it's the season four stinger came on um, with okay, can I say I think everybody knows when Elsa pops out of that urn <laughs> and I was like, what the <laughs> a good season And I was like, what the h e double hockey sticks and, and then I started watching again because I wanted to know how they were gonna make that work in the show yes. um, and then I watched that um all the way through as it was airing and then i started watching it with my mom and we got into season seven and then we got bored and then we quit watching i I don't even remember what i did not see the camelot season i stopped watching before the camelot season that was five i definitely saw i definitely saw the frozen season and the um the uh dark swan season was That's it? the Camelot season. I saw some yeah. of the Dark Swan season. I think I yeah. got frustrated and also very busy because my life started uh, being entirely too difficult thanks to theater. <laughs> I feel uh, that. At the time, I, yeah. I, I was goes. managing a theater company. I, at that I, lived point. With, I lived with Mads and Shane while I was managing a theater company. And I literally had to stop watching all my TV shows that had plot and could only watch things like Project Runway and America's Next Top Model. And Drag Race. And Drag Race. I could only watch things that didn't have like a story plot because I didn't have the processing power. So I stopped <laughs> watching this. I stopped watching Grimm. Um, I used to watch like what if if Criminal Minds or um, CSI Orange was on at 2 a.m. I would watch that. But nope, I, I, I started going to sleep. <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, yeah. Ever since the pandemic, I can't watch anything about zombies. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was one of my reads this past year. Like in the middle of the pandemic, while we were in quarantine, I read uh, Paul Tremblay book, which happened to be about freaking... 
a, a, an apocalyptic uh, viral outbreak. Oh, geez. That's uh, basically rabies that turns people into zombies. And I was like, this is not a good time to be reading this. Yeah. It's a new release, so good for him for getting the sales. <laughs> this is not a good time to read this. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to get into The Walking Dead, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I, had to, I had to stop watching Handmaid's Tale when, uh, when oh no, before 2020, I think 2018 or 2019, I was like, you know what? Handmaid's Tale feels a little too real right now. And I know that sounds like trite, and cliche to say but it's just that it was so many things were happening and my brain couldn't take how dark it was it's like how black mirror was like you know what it's too dark for us right now we're gonna take a break <laughs> that was me in handmaid's tale too dark have a picture too somewhere. yeah yes like i couldn't I even i couldn't even finish watching she-ra because it was too serious during 2020 so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this has been a year of me getting really into YA and sappy romances, particularly, if you can't tell from my love of Swan Queen, um, Enemies to Lovers is kind of my favorite. I have a problem with Enemies to Lovers, but I, I do love a good redemption story, so I'm trying. Well, I I'm like when trying. it's Enemies to Lovers because the reason they were enemies was because they were fighting their feelings so hard. But I don't like all the abuse that has to happen for that to happen. Look, don't, <laughs> come, for my, don't come for my dreary fan fiction, okay? I'm a man of simple pleasures. Uh, if dudes kiss, I'm there. And you know yeah. what? Once yeah. upon a time never gave that to me. It's true. Which is why I, Which is why I wrote my... Uh, Jefferson Jim Hawkins fanfic. And look, I, I'm upset because they had Sebastian Stan invading everyone's personal space. They could have at least given us a close-up of him and some dude being too close to each other's faces. Yeah, my headcanon is that Jefferson is bi. That makes sense. That's my headcanon for any character that Sebastian Stan plays because he has the softest looking lips. He, he kisses a lot of dudes and a lot of things he's in. And I'm indignant that they didn't let him do that on, on the show. Yes. Can I, can I make a plot note real quick? Yes, oh, yeah, we may. Um, he, mentions, he mentions in passing that he gave up his old profession because that's how his wife died. Yeah, they sell like a tie-in uh, graphic novel that goes into all that oh I, I didn't know if it was a once upon a time in wonderland because i never watched that show see yeah Corey has the 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 plot and lore not the plot the lore stuff behind the show and the, the yes. trivia that i have to look up before we watch on wikipedia because i just watched it um see all i've got open are all the doors for the portals <laughs> oh yeah in another tab the the one i want to know about is the, the airlock there is an airlock oh. door in the hat Yes. I, 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 the, here's the thing. I have them pulled up, but they don't say what they all are. Like the the only one you can really point out is um, Oz, but they also say that some of the locations of the doors were revealed. Okay, so he goes down. You know, he and he he accepts the queen's offer. They yeah, go I down. mean, like we yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we know what happens. We talked about it in a thing. He, they wind up in Wonderland. So they have they have Fairy Tale Land, which consists of the Enchanted Forest. Which you know is the Enchanted Forest, and Camelot is also part of Fairy Tale Land. Um, then there's the Land Without Color, which is where the Doctor is. Camelot part of Fairy? Yeah, Camelot I, in this, is. in this, okay. it is. In this one, on this wiki, which is just the fandom.com. Oh, wiki, thank you. Um, I was this, so happy to see the Oz door. 
Yeah, the Osdor is right next to it. And so that's like our biggest thing. And then Victorian England is another one of the doors. Um, but the airlock makes me mm. think that it's like whatever leagues under the sea, like Jules Verne or something like that. So we were getting some foreshadowing about Frankenstein early. We were getting some foreshadowing about Oz a lot earlier than we thought. Yeah. I'm I'm not <laughs> thrilled with how they handled Oz because I love the entire Wizard of Oz thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love all the books. I read all of the books that I could get my hands on as a kid. Which I know there's like 30 some out of them. I, probably yeah, read like I was obsessed with the Wizard of Oz as a child. Yeah, I've been traumatizing everyone around me because I just started re-listening to them on audiobook and then looking up the illustrations and the Bumpy Man is some messed up stuff. That dude is terrifying to look at. Oh yeah, the... the the original illustrations are creepy as hell. Ooh. They're so unsettling. Everything yes. looks like it's in pain. It's got that silent hail factor. So, uh, I'm so ADD today. So my 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 very first <laughs> theater musical in high school was Wizard of Oz. I got to be one of the trees that threw apples at Dorothy, and you know several other things. But that was the one that I actually had lines for. I was every speaking role that wasn't a main character. Because I was the understudy to the scarecrow. Oh, well, that'll do it. So I had every, I was the weak, what's going on? Um, you can't hear upstairs, can you? No, I just see you looking up and I'm like. <laughs> My dad, who has gigantic elephant feet, is stomping <laughs> around the bathroom that's above me. <laughs> but yeah, no, oh, I no. played it. I was like the winky general. I was, I was the leader of the flying monkeys. I was the gate man. That's a lot of quick <laughs> costume changes. It was really like coats and adding makeup. So by the end of the show, it was like full face. Did your production leave in the jitterbug? No. Ours did. It was a mistake. <laughs> we had a hobby horse uh, oh. and referenced the horse of another color, even though it's not in the play, but. Huh, that's okay. It happens. It's a good thing. All right. So um, real quick, I'm just going to list the 17 doors as quickly okay. as we, we have a tan one, a gray one, a brick pink one, a lime green one with a centered window or mirror, a brown door with a tree design, a sky blue door with four gray handles, a medieval brown and gray door. Light red door with logograms. I don't know what logograms are. R- dark red door with a white pattern, a red oriental door, Emerald green curtain, which is obviously Oz. The looking glass, which is Wonderland. A glass elevator door. Is that Wonka? Uh, light oh, wow. I light brown. I don't remember that one. Oh, light, Old Dog Universe would have been so cool to have in this. Light brown door with windows on the top and sides. Minus the anti-Semitism. Pink door with a dark square mechanism in the center. Uh, dark gray door and a wooden door with a stone door frame. So those are the ones that we see with uh with this hat so we we listen to a lot of podcasts and i know uh cory and i and elaine your husband all listen to uh i'm wearing my shirt right now my shuffle quest shirt um so which of these doors do you think would lead to the deviant art sonic world Um, oh that's gosh um sky blue door with four gray handles okay uh (laughs) the handles are nipple rings (laughs) something with like Oh, I don't want to go with Chaos Emeralds because that's going to clash with the Wizard of Oz door. Um, yeah. Well, there is a lime green door with a centered window or mirror. So there are two green doors. That's a The Ring Universe door. We don't want to go behind that oh, door. No. Oh, no. 
Uh, I'm just like thinking about like, okay, if this show were made today, what would, what ambitious windows and doors would there be? Because like now Disney owns everything. So like you could totally have, you know, Luke and Leia pop out. There's a Marvel door now. I'm sure. That's what I think the airlock is. The airlock. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're talking, we're like, we're getting off track a lot with this one, especially me. There's so much in this episode. There's so much just stuff that that just barely gets touched on that it makes sense um so we walk through the looking glass right yes we walk through the looking glass and there's one simple rule who however many go in the same number of people come out that's it um but yes we go through the looking glass and into the world of the most questionable cgi in the history of this show it was terrible when they walked in, everything was so saturated that my husband's first reaction, because I have to have one quote from him every every episode, my husband's first reaction to seeing Wonderland was, oh boy. That's it. Just, oh boy. <laughs> we yeah. went to the bad uh, stock footage recreation of the old Windows XP desktop. I liked the big blades of grass. I didn't like the caterpillar. I didn't like any of it. The mushrooms were shiny. I feel like all of the CGI would have been a little better if they just hadn't done the caterpillar and they could have spent a yes. little more time on everything else. I didn't like the floor tile that they chose for the entire area either. Oh yeah, I hated that too. I do like Bucky with the Goodwigs reaction to uh, the, the caterpillar blowing a smoke ring in his face. He just looks mm-hmm. down. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, I hate yeah. <laughs> So good. Um, I liked that. It might be worth noting in the tie-in graphic novel wonderland is where his wife died i figured because she was also doing the same career that he was um he had gotten captured by the march hare who if i remember correctly is actually a human that wears rabbit ears um that sounds right yeah very uh, once upon a time that sounds appropriate to the effects budget yeah yeah and she came to rescue him uh, and she got killed in the process. Oh, man. And that's oh. why uh, Jefferson gave up uh, his portal Portaling. jumping job. Yeah. So Regina convinced him to do one last heist. Yeah. And trap him there again, where his wife had given her life to get him out of it. Rude, Regina. That's super rude. She's rude. Yep. And this is why, this like everyone, I, I have, I've been told that I give Regina a hard time. But I have a good reason. Yeah. Now, I do like in this episode that when we get to the BS maze, she's just like, yeah, no, we're not. She just burns a hole straight to the, excuse me, straight to the center. The cute little mausoleum. Absolutely boss move. Yes. Yeah. I was. Um, A very familiar looking mausoleum. I was upset that the the one that was the catching the sunlight was not the one she was going for. I don't know. I feel like that would have been a little bit too. And it was. It just happened nose. to be a lighting thing. It was just a lighting thing. She was obviously going to go for the one that was centered in front of her, but my eye kept Fair. going to the one that was catching all of the the lighting, and I was like, "But what's in that one?" <laughs> the magpie in me just couldn't. Probably a heart. <laughs> but yeah, I, it was it's just probably like, a heart. Probably someone's heart. Spoiler. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I really really disliked however when the guards show up and she forgets that she can throw fireballs or maybe that was like a fifth level spell and she only has one spell slot for that a a day because yeah because like later she uses wild growth and i'm like okay um like yeah 
I'm applying D and D rules like, to Regina's I, and magic. And I was going, I was going World of Warcraft slash Final Fantasy. I was like, the debuff timer was still going. She couldn't hit that button yet. Oh yeah, yeah. She has to build up her rotation enough to where she can cast. Uh, a it's going to plunk again. at her if she tries to hit that button. I do not play enough <laughs> RPG games. <laughs> I'm like, what's a magical game I've played? Spyro the Dragon. There you go. You know how you can't do that. I've never actually played Spyro, so I can't make a joke. What? I know. I'm the right age group for it. You have a PS4 and a Switch. You can get the remastered version. It's so versions. good, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. But I'm Scaly Squad, a symbol. <laughs> but okay, uh, so 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 she gets her thing. They they fight their way out of the maze. Um, they they have good running scenes. Lots of good running scenes. Yeah, they get all the way back to the looking glass, and they <laughs> which is a lot in that dress she's wearing because that dress. It's- has to weigh 30 pounds yeah well his coat too yeah which is and that's also ostrich feathers on that dress those are not cheap (laughs) the costuming for this episode the costuming and the set design wonderland excluded uh because that was all green screen um was Mm -hmm. just so good and yes uh, like all of their practical sets were beautiful like jefferson's little cottage Mm -hmm. was so beautifully put together and the the house that they used for later is gorgeous in almost a Twin Peaksy sort of way. Um, I, I want to say that we used the exterior of this house again later during the arc where we talk about the authors because it looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. I think we will be using the exterior of house. that house, that same house later, even though we will be doing a completely oh. different interior. Yeah. So so Regina, I, I like the line when Regina gets part of the mushroom <clears> for a little <throat> snack. And he says, mm-hmm. you know what the food here does, right? Just just this little offhanded yeah. comment. That's a, that's a good line. That's <laughs> great. Um, oh, though I do want to say, we were talking about, before we go a little further, uh, about the set design. While I don't enjoy the, the execution of the CGI, I do really like the imagery of that huge maze yes. that seems to be going up. I thought that was really. Oh yeah, they. Cool. Like I thought that was really. really I also, neat. I'm maybe getting ahead of myself, but the design of the castle and the throne room, which was outdoors, which was interesting. Yes. Um, where everything seems seems to be going down. Like there's this bridge, and it, the building keeps going underneath. It's a Mario level. Well, we we have mushrooms and getting taller <gasps> mario brothers happens in wonderland there are caterpillars there are there are crazy royals oh we just we broke it you guys we we figured it out yeah now in this episode we do get a lot of allusions to the fact allusions to the fact that the uh the queen of hearts and regina the evil queen know one another though it's not explicitly said um we as fans of the show obviously know who that is at this point um but I don't want to spoil it for those who are listening along with us and watching for the first time. I wonder if they planned for that because they had her veiled. You couldn't see her. And I don't know if that was just to hide the character's identity or if they had, I think Uh, it was with Corey on this one. They didn't plan that far ahead. They don't watch their own show. I I will (laughs) say I disagree because of some of the lines Regina has. Um, She has some very specific stuff about how like, you have no idea how much she's hurt me. How, she, I know her better than anyone, that sort of thing. And her knowing to go right after Regina's father as her weakness, 
I really do think that this early on they had. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna believe it on the episode. I really thought this early on they knew that that was. Cool. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking you were getting at, but I was like, uh. Like I, I'm pretty sure do feel very strongly that they had because in terms of like individual like things they suck, but in terms of overarching concepts they do have a good track record for like remembering these little things. They I'm gonna in. say that's given them a lot of credit for knowing they'd be uh, picked up for another season. And we also will be seeing her in the next episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, I, I saw, like, I haven't watched the next episode yet, but I saw just the little freeze on Disney Plus, and I was like, oh, I know what's next. Mm-hmm. That one's next. Little freeze it hurts. It Duh. hurts. I've forgotten what episode you're talking about. It's where we learn the origins of why Regina hates oh, snow. Oh, okay. I can give you mm-hmm. just the title name. The title of the episode is called stable boy uh that yeah, one now you know now you know that's um, a hard one to watch that is a hard one it's tough i, I haven't watched it yet um but Re- regina regina poofs her father who her father was the one who was stolen by the queen of hearts and abandons jefferson there um and, and then the is like shade. S- super rude about how he abandoned his daughter to do this and at first i was very angry because I, again, I forgot that this in the timeline comes before her murdering her own father to get her revenge. Uh-huh. Yes. I think that also she, so she hasn't gone full evil yet. Hasn't she? And I think she has to mentally justify what she's doing. I think she's still in the stage of where, where she has to find a way to justify what she's doing to herself. <laughs> so I think that's part of why she says this. Because I feel like the delivery of that feels, there's a level of like vindictiveness to it, where she's trying to hate him. Well, she has also not been put in the position yet where she has to choose between her one true desire and her family. Yes. And his one true desire was for his family. So using this against him is like, just makes me mad. It makes me mad. So much because all yeah. he wanted, this was his one last job so that he could give Grace the life he felt she deserved. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the last shot of this whole thing and save that for when we get to it in the other okay. story. But I do want to say that the decapitation is buck wild. Okay. That's the worst CGI in the whole show. He, he just loses a neck like, because his body doesn't have a neck. And his severed head doesn't we, have a neck, and the neck just disappears. And then, yeah, I never realized that the neckline that. is like low. Like the neckline of the makeup we'll see later is near his collar, but from where they cut his head, it's right below the chin, yeah. and it's like he's like. It seems like they have him filmed to be laying down for this because his face is at an odd angle. They made Sebastian Stan look like he had a fat head, which is not the case. Mm-hmm. This boy has a jawline for days. But it made his uh, being being head, you know, being decapitated made his chin look weird. I imagine that would be about the same for anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I would still have a long and slender neck, even as a decapitated I'd be, head. I'd be all chin, all chin. <laughs> so the present actually is the first shot of the episode. We start with Mary Margaret running through the woods, uh, winded. I was so happy. Uh, we joke a lot about well, we don't joke because we know for a fact that they don't watch their own that they don't watch their own show. So I went back to make sure she's been a wearing that blouse, mm-hmm. b wearing that cardigan, 
and C actually had her coat brought to her at the prison. All three awesome. are true. Good job. Like, <laughs> Such a low bar. I was like, I need to know. Such a low bar. Good job. Tom the bar Moody. is so low. But I really do like this white lace top. I want one in black mm-hmm. for me with like some baby doll sleeves. Oh, that'd be that very looks cute. super cute. That'd be very cute. So I can button the top button and wear my, uh, my grumpy cat yes. brooch. I love that look on <sighs> you. Yes. As a, as a non-binary icon um, of fashion, I do wear things other than t-shirts. It's just that, you know, we've been in Rona times for so long. I have no reason to dress up. I'm, I'm forgetting how to put on makeup, but I have to remember now because I have another Zoom performance next. So. Yeah. Every once in a while, I just put in my earrings to make sure the holes haven't closed. There you go. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I do something similar. With my ears. I don't know what you I know what I was I thinking. Where, where I was going. <laughs> Sometimes you have to, you just so, have to put it in to make sure the hole stays open. It stays open. I don't need bottom surgery. I'm already a bottom. Long. Anywho, the arraignment is at 8 a.m. the next day. So we do have stakes for this episode. You know, uh, Emma has to find Mary Margaret and convince her to come back before, you know, she's a fugitive. Yeah. A fugitive. So Emma quickly goes in search of her, is not paying attention while driving, and then she nearly runs over bourgeois goth Bucky. Off, uh, like she nearly like knocks him off the road, or she does knock him off the road. Well, he he jumps out of the way. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, but he like goes for a little yeah. tumble. Yeah, but he's probably there on purpose. Oh, he's absolutely there on purpose. Uh, he's been stalking her. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he, I love this coat he's wearing. This was very much. Of that era, this is like the end of the peacoat era, which makes me sad because I love it was mine. So well tailored. I have one too. I love it. <sighs> it's so warm, and like here, like that is like I'll put that on, and that's really the only coat I need because, like, for where we're at, like I've I've been up where you're are where uh, where you are. It does get cold, but where we're at, we get like, oh no, it's winter today. It was forty five. Unless we have a random freeze that tries to murder every single plant in the area, but does not succeed with the Sago palms. Oh, uh, it wrecked our Segos and it killed off all of Shane's uh, bromeliads. He's been One cultivating of mine came back. My for citrus years. trees are coming back, but that's, we had, we had an actual winter for like a full week, but it knocked out, like it was, it caused so many problems or along the South coast. Um, yeah. Texas, Texas was taken out. We were, we were taken out. It was nuts. Um, so we had a winter this year for a whole week. Oof. It was, we, we're not we're equipped, not for, equipped that for that. That's why we had problems. Our city has a salt truck. Do we? Wow. <laughs> for 300,000 people. Apparently we used to have more. <laughs> we used to have more and then they were like, we don't need these. And then we started getting bad winter. <laughs> um, yep. That's typical. But, uh, so, so yeah, he's, he's, it's, it's muggy and foggy and cold outside is what I can tell from the very good weather effects they had during this episode. And also Emma's hair went mm-hmm. straight. Her hair went straight and all of her makeup went off. So that's how I know it was humid. We know something is up really quickly because when he gets into the car, he turns his ankle mm-hmm. in a way that you cannot do if you've sprained your ankle as a um, a runner that has yeah. gone to seed. Uh, you cannot get into a car like that mm-hmm. if your ankle is You would have had wrecked. to sit have... first and then pull your feet in after, like a lady in a skirt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I say like a lady, meaning knees together, not like... A, a lady lady. <laughs> right. So he's he is also Jefferson in both worlds, which is a good continuity yes, detail. That's, that's the first time we've had someone be the same name 
uh, in both, other than Regina. Well, David. Well, David doesn't. David was going by James in the other. Right, but his yeah, real yeah, yeah. name. Yeah, it's David. But yeah, 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 yeah. Is Granny Granny in both worlds? Gra- oh, you're right. I yes. forgot about Granny. Granny is Granny she in both worlds. I do, I do love Granny. She has a last I name. I remember pulling the credits. She- and the first episode, she's credited as Granny slash Granny. She is given a last name in the um, the werewolf episode, and I forgot what it was already. I think it's Lucas, right? Yes, it's Granny Lucas. Mm. Thank you. Look at you with your good memory. Oh, Lucas. That's a good, that's a good yeah. surname. Um, um, can we talk sorry, about this I house? Poured... Yes, yes, it's a nice house. About... Corey wants to talk about this house. Okay, I want to talk about the interior of the house. Yes. I did not gorgeous. remember like the modern art and like the pastel stuff he had. When I was like thinking through it for my fic, I was like, everything is mahogany um, and there's a gigantic chandelier. That's what I had in my mind. I totally forgot what this looked like. Because when they reuse this house, they reuse the exterior in like seven seasons. I swear, if I'm wrong, please, um, all all five of you who listen to the show, tweet at me because I'm the one that was wrong. Was but I swear they reuse this exterior. Maybe I was thinking of the other mansion, even though that's even though that's like a major. The pastels are the room that Snow White's captured in. She's in the pastel room. Um, And then then Emma is taken to the white leather room. So it's like white and reds. um, Which would, in in a different version of this story where, because it has a sort of weird Fifty Shades of Grey feeling. It does. That would be Jefferson's fun room. That that would be Jennifer Jennifer and Sebastian's uh, sexual chemistry just getting itself all over this. Oh, it's about to getting come itself out. all over this episode. Um, that wallpaper for the hat the hat room. The damask. It's it's the not damask? even it's it's like printed. It's not actual damask. It's printed as if it were a damask fabric, and that's why I said yeah. Twin Peaksy because it's so graphic and stark. And and then they have this lamp on the ceiling that is made out of the little white Pixar desk lamps. It's, it's again, it's a very, uh, it's very of an era. I'm not saying it's not, it's not a, not cute house. It's just, it's very 2011 with the very graphic modern art, the lots of, lots of beige Mm -hmm. and white, but then these big pops. I'd like to point out also was, and I didn't notice this until my last watch. um, He also has a lot of musical instruments strewn about. Like, like yeah. he's got a piano and like a violin or a viola or I don't know how to tell the difference um, <laughs> in the main living room. And then he's got an electric guitar in the hat making room yes. in the corner for some reason. You know, he's had 28 years to just collect things. <laughs> just whenever he's not obsessing, he's collecting because it's something to get his mind off. That's my guess. Yeah, either that or Regina just gave him that with the curse just to keep his mind off things. <laughs> like we can't let him go too nuts. He's also got a telescope in every For room. For reasons. Because he's got one in the living room and he's got another one in the hat room, the hat making room. Um which again these white backlit glass shelves uh, is also very much that era of so the- design which makes me happy. I love different eras of uh 
uh, the, home design. The guy. living room that he took Emma up to to give her tea and have her look at the map because he's a amateur cartographer because he's had twenty eight years. It's on like the second Who the or third hell floor. Is an amateur cartographer. This guy, and that, and that was one of many reasons I had him hook up with Jim. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> that makes sense. He's had, like I said, he's the only person other than Regina and I guess Mr. Gold who have felt the passage of time as it was and not just like, yeah. oh, look, it's still the same year. No one ages. Yay. Except Henry. Uh, and so so he's had 28 years to be like, well, I mastered the piano. What can I do next? Oh, I'll draw a map. Let me map this whole city out. I have time. Um, but that yeah. living room has to be on the second or third floor because it's one. It's it's already a small flight of stairs up to the main door, and then it's up again because it's on the same floor that he gets kicked out of later, and it's quite a fall. Yeah, he gets defenestrated. Okay. No. Yes, it's, I love it's an excellent word. word. I never get to use it. It's true. Now. I'm going to read to you all. I'm going to do a dramatic reading of my real-time reactions while watching this because this is a pet peeve of mine in any show. A cup. Put some f***ing right. water in it. It should have... So here's what I wrote. Sloshed. This cup is empty, but damn, those air roofies are working fast. <laughs> oh, he's setting her on the couch and it's so obvious we see the whole cup. Now the close-up on the bone-dry empty cup. I think it must have spilled out while he was dragging her. It wasn't. It, it didn't. didn't because we see it flipping around in her hand. Put something in it! Now, I agree. Now, edit this out if you've already discussed this on a prior episode. But, um, regarding that, Jennifer Goodwin, Snow White, hate, hates that kind of thing. So there is a scene where she's brushing her teeth. And yes. she's actually brushing her teeth yes. with actual toothpaste and water. <laughs> and I respect that. I talked about that. I love that about both the actress and that she, like, that they did that because this, anytime they're, they, they're holding an empty coffee cup or something like that. Look, I do community theater. And improv. I'm not in real production and improv, but... I did not drink two gallons of cranberry juice a night during our Pygmalion to watch professional actors drink nothing out of a cup. (laughs) I had to drink so much wine during that play. My urinary tract was because it wasn't wine; it was cranberry juice. I was drinking. I was drinking the. I was drinking the white grape juice for that one. Mm-hmm. I was drinking white grape juice for that one. Because I was in there just to give sassy side guy at people. We had a bathroom backstage and we were all rushing for it, it every time we walked off because we had to drink so much on stage. I remember be, uh, being in set crew for the 39 steps and every night I'd have to take a tea bag and just mix it perfectly in water until it looked like bourbon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this one on the show, but I was in a show where I had to drink a lot of uh, whiskey on stage. And they had gotten me whiskey bottles that I had to hide in my character's bag because the character was an alcoholic. And uh, I didn't ever get to leave stage during that show. I had to do my <gasps> costume changes on stage. So our crew bought glass bottles and not plastic. So when I tossed my duffel bag onto the bed one night the bottles weren't wrapped properly and they clinked into each other and shattered. So I go to pull up my next costume and I'm, I'm in my underwear on stage 
pulling clothes out of a duffel bag. And I pull out my next costume and it is full of broken glass and iced tea. (laughs) And I'm just like, I just put back on my old clothes and (laughs) this is going to be an interesting show. It took me me a while to remember what show you were talking about, but I remember it now. I remember it now. I had to go by the set. I'm like, what? (laughs) I see because unlike Mads towards me, I have seen every show Mads has been in. I have been in far fewer shows than you, my darling. Have you though? I don't yes. think so. Yes. So anyway, uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Rufy Zimmer. Yeah. Yes. This is and this is where the whole show gets creepy because <laughs> that is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> she uh, she switches gears to escape mode so fast you know she's lived rough or listens to a lot of true crime well, podcasts she, yeah and she also knew how to track people down and she she was off you know she was off the radar herself she knew she was sol yeah she goes into like secret agent mode mm-hmm. it's impressive it's, it's one of those things that should be more useful to her as a sheriff but all these things go missing from her brain when she gets challenged on her sheriffdom it's a problem I have with the show. Like we talk about it a lot where, where every character, but particularly David Nolan and Emma are selectively dumb. Family, it's, I guess. it's the idiot ball. Uh, sometimes the character needs to hold it to make the plot work. That's true. <laughs> yes. But so she, she realizes he's watching her via the telescope. Um, we have realized we are now in Sebastian Stan's murder house. Yay. Um, I do have to say some of the shots that are set up to be like, oh, this is murdery and are, they're a little on the nose. But I don't think it's that weird to sharpen a giant pair of scissors alone that in you're the then, dark. Like, I do that all the time. But you're then not going to use, you're going to pull out a gun. Right. Like, I mean, a that, gun's probably more efficient. I think the he's gun sharpening is more the efficient. scissors for the hat. But he, Yes. But it's still one of those things where, like, we see, like, four shots of him... The, we see the dust coming off of the grindstone, and then he comes out with a gun, and it's just like, "What? Where did get? Where did get a gun from?" <laughs> let me let me pull my best Natalie Wynn as a trans woman, as a Texan. <laughs> that man has never held a gun in and, his life, and he like, it's one of those things where he was like, "What am I supposed to do with it?" And they're like, "I don't know, just have fun with it." And so he like he randomly like, points randomly it, randomly points it out. <laughs> You know, I doubt that Storybrooke has a gun range. Maybe it does. <laughs> it has a forest. Uh, it's a reference to, um, oh God, uh, a Mr. Science Theater 3000 episode that a husband and I watched forever ago. But anytime someone has a gun and they're holding it badly on a, on a show, both of our Southern no. comes out. Because every time it's pointed badly, we're just like, bang! <laughs> <laughs> Like we watched iRobot last night and at one point Will Smith scratches his own temple with the gun he sleeps with and she just goes bang bang. It's got to be a director choice because he's been in so many movies that he's got to know how to hold a gun right. They were like like, here he goes hey Sebastian just hold this like a crazy person. I mean like he like casually like aims it at her behind her back at one point and then goes back to normal. I'm like, what are you doing? That's that's what I was talking about, yeah. I mean, he's playing lunatic pretty good. I was watching the episode and I thought, you know, she might be a little more receptive to what you're saying if you weren't talking like a gigantic lunatic. Yeah. 
here here's one major change I would make to this whole episode. No gun. Mm-hmm. When she catches when he catches her untying uh uh snow, uh Mary Margaret, instead we have the blade of the knife of the scissors. That would like, make more sense. By Emma's that would throat. make more sense. That would make be more, more sense ominous. than that shot. It would be more yeah, more intimate, which as we see throughout this episode, he loves to get in people's space. He's always in someone's space. Oh god, he's like in her ear at one yes. point. And I'm like, okay, I know he's he, being creepy, but I just got like, like the nuzzles up to nuzzles up to the back of her ear to whisper something about the hat, and then he puts his chin on top of her head. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's just like all up in her personal space. He tells her to like tie Mary Margaret up at gunpoint and I'm like you don't have to hold a gun to me baby. I, I will tie myself up whatever we have going in this yes. damn ass yeah. fun room just don't come out with the yes, sex sir, crazy tight pants yeah don't come out with the sex <laughs> yeah I mean we do have to give credit to the wardrobe designers for this particular episode I, I, we often give them a lot of credit but the decision to put him in waistcoats and tight pants this- in, in every version of this character. Inspired. inspired. It's like, excuse me, we're dressing who? Oh, I got this. <laughs> also, all the ascots and scarves. Brilliant. His ascots are great. Oh, I love I love an ascot. So, I'm an ascot man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love I, I love their back and forth even though it is like it's super awkward. And uh, I like how he's like Make a hat to this person who has obviously never made a hat before. And then she does it. She makes a hat. <laughs> legit she impressive. A- <laughs> I guess he's giving her very good instructions uh, between scenes. I guess. Also, it's amazing how quick she turns that out. I mean, this is all happening over the course a of night. Um, a night. Yeah. Late evening. Yeah. So early enough that a child would not be amiss at the station because Henry is there at the start of the yeah, episode. Um, <laughs> but late enough to where it is what late. Can I, what can I do to help? You can go home. <laughs> you can go home. Yeah. yeah she, make, she makes a hat with no, like, he doesn't have, like, a, 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 there are hats around the room, but there's not, like, a dummy scaffold for this hat. Like, uh, um, what's it, what's it called? The baby ate the words. Um, yeah. like something to trace or like to build around. I don't know. A mold. I don't know. I don't know how hats are made. I don't know how hats are made. I've made uh, leather goods and I know that it takes a lot longer than a night. I know they stopped using mercury to make hats. Truth. Um, I, I, but like, seriously, I just want to get back to his outfit. <laughs> and again, the 2011 ness yes. of it. I miss this era of one men, like just casually wearing vests and waistcoats. Um, I love the black on black on black, but everything has a pattern. I like that. I still do that here in the gear of our Lord 2021. Um, As Elaine can attest, I own a lot of different shades of black. And maroon. (laughs) And maroon. Maroon's nice. It's burgundy, darling. It's burgundy. (laughs) Sometimes it's maroon. (laughs) It is. I do like that when she starts confronting him, when Emma starts confronting um, Jefferson, mm-hmm. I, I have him in my notes as bourgeois. Bucket. I call him Jeff. Um, in my fic, everyone calls him Jeff because he has friends now. Oh, that's Aww. nice. 
But it's just like, oh, you're going to have to link us that, by the way. We're going to put that in the okay, show notes. Okay, cool. If you are uh, so yeah. inclined. I might have to go through and do another edit, <laughs> which is going to take a couple of days. It, it's long. But I do love, he he picks up on things really quickly where he knows things about the world. Like uh, she says, Henry, and he says, Henry, the queen's yeah. father, which no one knows. Yes. Yeah. Well, no one knows that it, but him, which is such a great thing to, the unless audience Unless you've been to the crypt. It. Right. But like the audience knows yeah. that. And I like that detail. I like that kind of fourth wall breaky stuff that he yeah. does. Um, he knows all these details. Then again, he's been alone in this town for 28 yeah. years. He, he, he's, he remembers. He was cursed to remember. His curse was the knowledge that he was not where he belonged. Which is so petty mm-hmm. of Regina. Because if you think of everybody who's wronged her... Yes. Like for her, for her to give him a specific, really specific curse. It's like, other than something that happens in a later episode, so we're not going to discuss it. What did he do to her? I wonder if it's part of the Wonderland thing. Like, like. Well, I I'm really curious about that as well because I I was not under the impression at this point in the show, and I it might be a thing I have to remember later, but that she didn't curse all reality like she didn't curse wonderland so how is a person who was trapped in wonderland wind up i think it's because he yeah it is very strange that both he and dr whale are cursed because they were in oh am i am i spoiling something like i mean we know that everyone in this town is a fairy tale character so dr whale is someone we don't in the series we don't in this season know who dr whale is okay we well, will know right. later. But yeah, it's weird that these people from these other worlds are here for some reason too. And it may just be because they dealt directly with Regina. It, in his case, it may be because there's something that tied him to these people. And so that yanked him out of Wonderland and into this whenever the curse was enacted. Imagine he doesn't know, at least he, he would not have known about the curse when it first happened, unlike everybody else. No. So um, that had to be super weird. <laughs> he also knows that by kidnapping Snow White, he saved her life because if she had left town, you know what would happen. He says that to her at one point. Um, so he knows about the town limit uh, curse as well. I, I imagine he spent just weeks walking around Storybrooke trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Just and throwing just like, squirrels over is- the town line. Yeah. <laughs> like just pushing every button to see Mer- what it does. One of them was Merlin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was the Sword in the Stone Disney yeah, or was that a Disney. different company? Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's in it's because it's in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Anywho, I really like Emma this particular yes. episode, though. I think this is a great episode she's for Emma. She's competent this episode, which we haven't seen in a she's while. She's competent. She's She is learning so much while she's alone with him mm-hmm. and measuring him out, and I really enjoy that. I think The dialogue's great in that scene. The dialogue is great in, um, in all of the scenes that they have together, because it's told over the course of several um, scenes. I think that the moment where she has this... Um, I feel like it's the emotional climax of the episode Yes, where she says, uh, you know, if what you're saying is true, then that woman in the next room is my mother. You don't think I want that to be true. 
I feel like on a certain level, what she's saying here, some of what she's saying is true. Some of it's valid. And I I mean, like all of it is true in the context mm-hmm. of the story, but I don't think that everything she's saying to him is a lie to clock him with. Oh, an I love that. Yeah. I loved how she was like totally get convincing him that she was starting to believe what he was saying. Yeah. And then just he turns for a second and she just beams him over the head with the, with the telescope, telescope and goes crazy son of a bitch. That was <laughs> that was choice. That was a great moment. I, I like that his no, his reaction is to to put a hat on and come after them. <laughs> yes. It's not the that the stunt man is thinner and taller. Um but I, I, this is probably me uh, reading too much into it. Uh, over a decade of literary criticism will do that to a person. But I really enjoy uh, the the scene where they have where he talks about um, where do stories yeah. come from? Where does imagination come from? When she's telling him a story, where does that imagination for her come from? Is there a basis in truth? And that's why I really like her whole speech at him before she, again clocks him and calls him a crazy son of a bitch yeah i i thought that was really well done and i extremely well acted by by one of the jennifers (laughs) the jennifer with a j um i wish that two episodes from now we wouldn't undo all that work of beginning to believe but that is the nature of telling and telling a story in 23 episodes and not 13 oh i was gonna say that is the nature of this show not watching its own show (laughs) <laughs> that too. it's always going to come back to that for me it's like the answers you were looking for in this episode were given to us three episodes ago yeah yeah so cut to an adequately choreographed fight that was good that was good <laughs> that is how i will describe it uh, um, uh, mary margaret whips out a croquet mallet which is one of like 500 allusions to Alice in Wonderland that are yes. just kind of there. Yes. You can make a drinking no. game out of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, drink just... once for the mushrooms. Uh, drink again for the the rabbit doll. The stuffed yeah. white rabbit. Um, drink again for the tea party. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, my liver, my liver can't take that. So that's you're the only yeah, one. I, something. <laughs> I really, but I really, I really enjoy when Mary Margaret uh, awakens and unlocks her Slayer powers. <laughs> that's a quarter. Also, when Jefferson's uh, scarf comes off and you can see the scar from where he got de- got decapitated. Yes, and it's like I, this is what I'm talking about earlier. It's in the wrong yes. place. Between the different stories. I know, but I really wonder if, like, this is the real moment where Emma starts believing. It's like, oh, he's got a giant scar around his neck, like it, like his head got cut off. Um, it definitely freaked her out. She, it definitely was at least, oh, he's been through something. It was a, it was a moment of hesitation on her part and like shock and like Snow White's like, don't worry, I got this. Have <laughs> you been taking kickboxing lessons when I haven't been home or something? She's like, I don't know where that came from either. <laughs> Uh, I do have to say, when she kicks him out of the window, I was like, congratulations, Mary Margaret. Now you have done a murder. I was like, an actual crime. That was in self-defense. It was, yeah. it was just a justifiable homicide. <laughs> Except that she wasn't supposed to be out of jail in the first place. Oh, um, this is way backtracking. Way, way, way backtracking. But I, uh, but we're, we're, we're rounding the end of the actual episode, and I wanted to point this out before I forgot it. Um, when Henry, the father 
transforms back into himself. That smoke effect, I think it's maybe the second time we see that smoke effect, um, which is later going to be the teleport smoke effect. But this season, no one knows how to teleport. I don't think we figure out how to teleport till like mid-season two. Oh, it's just that. But I was, I was just like, ah, I got to it's see just it. Purple magical smoke. Magic things happen. Magic is purple. Yes, yes. Later, later in season two, everyone has their own color coded identical oh, teleport nice. effect. But at this point, uh, we haven't. We don't have that yet. Um, the Evo Queen has not unlocked fast travel. So <laughs> yeah, you have to get to level fifty for that. But they uh, TLDR, they escape. You know, they they we. we we get outside and I, I love this scene where Emma tells Mary Margaret, I cannot lose my family. I get choked yeah. up every time it happens. It's, that was a sweet moment um, where she's, yeah. she's acknowledging to, to Mary Margaret that how important she is to her. Yeah. This is the cynic in me, but has enough time elapsed and have they grown close enough that they would refer to each other as family? I think so. I think with these two, yes. Um, and this, is, but this is coming from someone that has a lot of chosen family. Um, for example, my Hi. sister. Elaine. Also, they live together, and that 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 families you pretty quick if you have a good relationship. <laughs> yeah, it either turns you into family or ruins your friendship. Yeah. Living together, was, it, it yeah. worked out real well for for Mads and I, which was a blessing. It was legit a fear <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> Because we had both lived with friends that were no longer super close. Um, well, at least yeah, I, I had. had. Oh, I had. But I'm a, I'm a challenging roommate. Yeah, almost happened to me. I just don't clean the bathroom. I am <laughs> intense. They're like, can you please with. go wipe your sink? We're having company over. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, the joke, the joke with me used to be like. Living with me is the surest way to never see me. But that didn't happen with Mads and Shane because Mads and I were in lots of things together. <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. And then I moved out of your house and was homesick for two months. <laughs> it's true. I missed you too. <laughs> but I did enjoy not having to wear pants anymore. You never wore pants. Pants right. and you know, If anyone ever makes a wiki for this uh, podcast, there's going to be so many pages just for Mads and Elaine lore. <laughs> 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 I, tell you the, I tell you about the time I was a gorilla at someone's wedding. <laughs> oh, we're getting into the deep lore now. Before we get into the deep lore, we do have a significant amount of this episode recorded and the storm is picking okay. up outside. We're so almost I done. Like we're to, almost uh, done. Uh, yes. I would like to uh, talk about uh, Mary Margaret choosing to return mm-hmm. to the jail. And the unvarnished shock on yes. Regina's face when she sees her in that jail cell, sitting with the newspaper, heartless on the front. <laughs> yes, I love which it. is which is not only a critique of Mary Margaret, but a pun on the actual murder. Rude. <laughs> yes, but it's 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 the moments like that, and it's episodes like this one for me, to be honest, that that keep me coming back because. It sets up so many interesting things. The character interactions are so good. And I mean, I, I've said it for years. I watch for the costumes and everyone is, everything was great Yeah, this great was a beautifully this dressed, both set and people cast. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the twist <sighs> that uh, Regina arranged with Mr. Gold for the key to have been put there. And she was supposed to stay gone. Um, yep. You... Emma is more formidable than mm-hmm. she thought. 
And it just proves that Mr. Gold just likes chaos. And Regina still hasn't figured out who Emma is. Dumb Debbie is so dumb. How dumb is she? It really, it really is hitting that point of how has she not begun to put the pieces together? Because she's, she's blinded by it. She, she believes she's the orchestrator of this. She knows who everyone is. That's her, that's her one upmanship. I don't even know if she knows if the baby was born. Or what happened to the baby when the baby was born. Like, she definitely doesn't think that this kid is ever actually going to come back. And when she comes back, she should have put two and two together about the age. And yet. At this point. (laughs) But she also, she all, yeah, she also had no idea, you know, that, that also means she doesn't know Henry's whole genetic line, which is hilarious and complicated. Uh Uh-huh. And I am really looking forward as we wind out this season to see how that goes. Um, Hi, those spoilers for the next episode. We are rounding out the end of the mystery um, of the murder mystery. Because it's murder. I've been saying that. Murder, mafal. It's about to get Murder most dumb. Yeah. This really, this episode, I think, showcases the show at its best when you know yeah. they're all in town they're not off in camelot or the underworld or whatever yeah. it's about never neverland yeah. it's just about these characters and learning about who they are it's not about you know some villain of the week that they pull out for no real reason yeah. <laughs> looking at you hades looking um, at you hades Ugh, actor was so good though you like the actor. Why was he, he was straight? straight? Hades is like I'm Hades sorry. is like the only straight Greek god. Fair. In, in what universe? In what universe do you take the Disney World version of Hades right? and make him that you brazenly? Take, okay, good point. <laughs> iteration of Hades <laughs> and make him a straight man specifically. That's valid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, Disney Hades, despite being pretty coded queer does uh, also flirt with women in the movie. So well, who doesn't? I just wanted Persephone there. That's what I wanted. I, yes. Like. <sighs> anyway, Disney, come home with me. <laughs> I, I know this is a spoiler, but it's so far down the line, and it's from a season that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I am so mad that they made his love interest Zolina. Content warning, uh, we're about to talk about uh, sexual assault. Uh, if you don't want to hear that, I would say just advance in the episode about a minute. Oh, I know. I hate how, uh, I hate how, I'm going to, this is, this is spoiler. I hate how they try to redeem this rapist. Oh, that goes for this season too. Uh- <laughs> oh, wait till season seven. I don't think they redeem her, but it's always a woman. It's always a woman and they never think about like the man's trauma. Oh, they for they kill him. Sorry, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. They always do. They always kill the man who gets raped. They always do. Sorry, sorry. No, uh, Hook two point lives. I'm pretty sure. I have more rants about that when we get there. We we are going to we are going to get to a point. We are going to get to a point where my next biggest complaint about the show will come in, but I cannot say what it is yet because it is a major spoiler 
Though it does have to do with character deaths and who can be brought back and who cannot. Now, I am. Uh, I want to say uh, let's 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 get into our housekeeping section because we're done. Let's let's review this episode. Any final thoughts on this episode as a whole? Um, I would like to say, uh, based on the standards of this show, really compelling writing, really compelling acting, great backstory, and. Uh, Sebastian Stan, I'm, yeah. I'm, and, and I'm glad pants. you're here. Yeah. I stand Sebastian. Sebastian as Stan well. in leather pants, five out of five. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to give this episode um, four precariously placed telescopes out of five. Okay. I think there yeah, are a yeah. few things that yeah. hold it back um, from being absolutely like stellar, but it is I, really I agree. Good. The writing on this, the dialogue is really good on this. The characters are very interesting. There are a couple things here or there that make me grumpy. Not I, I, this one didn't even make me grumpy really. So yeah, I'll go ahead and say this one's a good, a solid four out of five. Precarious. The CGI is atrocious. Yeah. The CGI C- is atrocious. The CG, <laughs> the, the beheading knocked it down from a five. I would say this episode was more dreamy oh. than grumpy. You wanted to say still. something real quick. You wanted to say something about him in a cavern of hats. Yes. Oh, I just wanted to note that I do like that Emma takes the book from Henry and we get that last shot of him. She's in that finally going to do her hats. research and hopefully start putting pictures together because she saw Paige in real life and it freaked her out. Um, so that's nice. Oh, they did him so dirty with the pictures in the book. Oh, they look so bad. Oh my god! They look so bad. All of how uh, do you take a man that beautiful and do that to it's, him? It's computer generated rotoscoping, is what it is. Okay. It's like it, you remember the Prisma app? No. <laughs> the Prisma <laughs> app would do this. You could take a picture and it would it would turn you into a drawing. And some of the filters were more successful than others. And it's like they took the least successful Prisma filter. And use that as the illustration for the book. Which you know what that tells me? That tells me a certain someone needs to learn how to draw. Someone in this. Someone in this. Uh, no, no. Crew. Like, I was going to say on. a certain character who has been introduced already needs to learn how to draw. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, <sighs> oh, I, w- I wanted to get Corey's rating. Oh yes, Corey. What is your rating? Oh, um, my rating. It's probably going to be the same as yours. That's fine. Um, it's nice when we're in agreement. Okay, you're, you're probably going to need to cut this. Uh, uh, four roofied teacups out of five. <laughs> no, we're going with that. Air roofies. There's nothing in the glass. There's nothing in the cup. There's nothing in the teacup. Let me cut yeah, my I'll, yelling I'll, out. I'll go with, I'll go with that. Uh, yeah. Four empty teacups out of five. But the leather pants in this episode uh, are a five out of five. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, so best dressed. Ooh, the, mm, I, I'm going to go okay. with um, modern day Jefferson. I also am going to go with modern day Jefferson because I like how over the course of this episode, there's costume telling, uh, there's storytelling mm-hmm. through the costumes. He has his kind of dour outfit in his, not dour, but it's still his lines. It's still his aesthetic but more in earth tones at the beginning when he goes to wonderland, he's wearing the same outfit in more vibrant colors. And then in our world, when he's in this dark place, he's wearing the same outfit in all blacks. When he's mad, it's these vivid oranges and bright magentas. I, I really love it, but I aesthetically love the, 
modern version I'm going of that to outfit. go with Jefferson, the mushroom forager, in that first scene when he's running through the forest and his his jacket is just flying behind him in the most beautiful way. That was such a stunning scene that that's my best dress. Also leather leather pants. Fair. Yeah. So yeah, and that puts Regina at next best dressed. Sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, that is a. I would actually put her in third because I love, I love that uh, coat that his daughter. Oh yeah. Was okay. So Grace is Grace is next best dressed because her. Yep. We're we're not her, getting Regina. Her dad down. makes all her clothes, and he's apparently amazing at it. So he knows how to dress people. I was watching a lot of Project Runway. He knows how to he knows how to dress a person. Yeah, he should have been a tailor. Um, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, so our uh, our our poll is done, and we have a tie between Enchanted and Into the Woods. I am thrilled because I wanted to talk about uh, Into the Woods, and Elaine has been on me forever to watch yes. Enchanted. And actually, uh, I did I did watch the first half of Into the Woods, the nineteen eighties version with Mads, and then we never finished it. So I have only seen the happy part of Into the Woods. <laughs> and I never watched the new one. Well, then you saw the um, the high school version. <laughs> yes, the Disney did. Um, Corey, that's going to be probably like seven or eight episodes from now during our, our mid-season break, but I would like to invite you back for Once Upon a Time, uh, for Into the Woods specifically, because I know... You're a musical theater junkie with me. I would be overjoyed. Yay! Into the Woods is one of my favorites. <laughs> it is probably, if not my favorite, one of my favorite musicals mm-hmm. of all time. I love I love Stonheim. Um, it, it, we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. I'm going to watch both the new Disney version again. I will subject I myself to that. Spoilers, I, mean, I don't like it. Horrible, but... <laughs> Disagree. I just want Anna Kendrick. I'm just yeah, there for Anna Kendrick. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Anything Anna Kendrick's in, I want it. The only good things, Anna Kendrick and um, it's it's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep and Anna Kendrick are the only highlights of that movie. I, for I me. know. I enjoy everything Chris else. Pine is atrocious. Cinderella's Prince. I, I like. They go Anna. so over the top with agony. It's funny. Mads disagrees. <laughs> the faces you. That's what I'm translating. Home, Mads is making faces. I have some. Oh, I can't wait. I have some thoughts as a, <laughs> as a, as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As oh, a snob. And I'm just excited to introduce you to Enchanted because it's all of the little fairy princess tropes just used so cleverly. And it's such a joyful little movie. Um, even though it's, it's scandalous. It's a scandalous little joyful movie. I love it. And Adina's in it. Yes. I do like that about it. I, like I've seen the cast. I'm like, I will probably like this. Um, so we have, uh, I think it's about time we wind down. So I wanted to thank our guest, Yay! Corey, for coming out thank to you, join Corey. us today. You like me. Our you really like me. I do really like you. Yes. I'm just sad I couldn't join the webcam party for this because I was making facial expressions the whole time too. <laughs> Next time you dry shampooed your bangs. For nothing. For nothing. For nothing. I didn't even do makeup. So, uh, we're all in pajamas. We're having a pajama party good. right now. It's pretty great. Uh, um, so thank you for joining us. And I wanted to, to remind our listeners, if you enjoy the show, the best way you can help us out is by sharing it. If you like this show, tell your friends about it, get them involved and in listening to it. Uh, have them follow us at Storybrook Pod on Twitter and tweet at us. We love your feedback and we love having uh, our friends and, and etc. on the show. 
Um, I don't know why I said etc. I guess Corey, sorry, you've been reduced what? to acquaintance. Lie. You can you can be no, my friend you're now. Friend. <laughs> Thank you, Elaine. You're welcome. Thank I'll you. take you. I only I only make my friends play Final Fantasy fourteen online, the hit MMO from Square Enix that includes the Heavens Well, you did spo- make me do that. We are not sponsored whatsoever. <laughs> sponsored that by- would be hilarious money to be raking in. But unfortunately, I'm not good at it, so I'm not gonna get enough XP or whatever to get invited to the catboy party. <laughs> Oh my, no! My very tall, punchy lady uh, is stuck at level fifty-seven, so I've pretty much given up. I have been level fifty-seven for five months. <laughs> Anywho, thank you all so much. Please remember to share the show and review us. This has been Storybrook. Miserably ever after.